First Amendment establishes freedom of religion, freedom of the press, and freedom of speech. It specifically says as follows, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech, or of the press, or the right of people peaceably to assemble, and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Thanks, Kevin, for that great reading of the First Amendment of the Constitution of the United States of America. I'm Christopher Bilbrey, this is Perception is Reality, and this, my 13th episode, is dedicated to the freedom of speech. You knew I would be doing an episode like this, so sit back, relax, enjoy the ride. It's going to be a fun episode. Perception. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. frustrated, upset, and disgusted about the way this country is going, especially since Donald Trump has run for office and won. It's been the most miserable time in my life. I had no idea I could be so miserable, but I am. And I need to scream to get it out of my system so I can start living again and try to enjoy life, despite the fact we have a racist asshole in the presidency right now. Like it is. Speaks the truth. When he talks about especially immigration control and the border, he really... All right, folks. Well, what you're listening to here is an example of our First Amendment right to freedom of speech and freedom of protest, freedom of assembly in action. The First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States of America does not just protect language that you and I like. This amendment and this freedom that the Founding Fathers put first ahead of all else protects hate speech. It protects the speech that you or I or the officials or this group or that group doesn't like. Let's take a listen to some of the examples and some of the groups that are covered in this montage real quick. I chose to use here are Trump supporters and those against Trump, Hillary Rodham Clinton supporters and those against her, members of the Black Lives Matter group and members from the Blue Lives Matter groups, KKK rallies and civil rights supporters, the LGBTQ community and those that speak out against them. The military 
Christians and prayer in school, Muslim prayer and atheist, rock and rap music artist, and the always horribly despicable Westboro Baptist Church and all of the filth that they spew. But even though I disagree with what they say, and I disagree with various groups, or I agree with various groups on this list, I will fight to the death and stand up for the right for everyone to be able to use this very important God-given American right, the First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States of America, the freedom of speech. And real quick, before we wrap up this montage and get to the heart of the show, I want to again read the text of the First Amendment. And that says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peacefully to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Now I believe the Lord instructed me to pray for you. The Lord instructed me to pray for you. I see the power of Jesus Christ going into your device, a laptop or a phone. I'm seeing the power of God going through that device right now. I'm seeing the power of Jesus Christ like a cloud, the power of Jesus Christ going into you right now. That's the power of Jesus Christ. You are out of order. This whole place is out of order. This is a joke. Hello, folks. Thank you for joining us tonight on Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. If you're here, you're listening on one of the podcast hosting sites or at our home station at perception.fireside.fm. I want to thank you for joining us as we delve into this absolutely incredibly important topic. We'll be covering everybody's favorite, the First Amendment. It's something that I hold near and dear. It's something that I feel like I'm a little bit of an expert in, and it's something that I have had to put to the test, having been somebody that was arrested for utilizing my First Amendment right. It's something that many times in the last 10 to 15 years of my 30-year career in politics, I have been questioned for saying this or that, speaking out against various local or state or federal officials, or candidates, and it's something that I absolutely hold near and dear to my heart, as should all of you, and as should everyone that's not listening to this. Anyone born in America should understand the importance of this, the first and most important amendment, because without this amendment, nothing else really matters. The First Amendment is there to protect us to allow us to be the citizens that we want to be, to allow us to keep our government honest, to keep our government transparent, and to hold them accountable, to speak out, to go door to door, to campaign against officials, to write what we write on social media. It allows the news to attempt, or at least to do what we used to think they did, which was hold them accountable. And if they don't, it allows for citizens like me, or like you, 
to sit down and decide we want to do something about it. And it allows us the opportunity to start a platform such as Perception is Reality to make sure somebody is there to keep these people on the straight and narrow. And when they're not, the First Amendment allows us to call them out. But before we start calling officials out, let's look at the freedom of speech from a historical point of view. The First Amendment to the United States Constitution protects the freedom of speech, religion, and press. It also protects the right to peacefully protest and to petition the government. The amendment was adopted in 1791 along with nine other amendments that make up the Bill of Rights, which is a written document protecting civil liberties under the United States law. The meaning of the First Amendment has been the subject of continuing interpretation and dispute over the years, and landmark Supreme Court cases have dealt with the right of citizens to protest U.S. involvement in foreign wars, flag burning, and the publication of classified government documents. This right covers everything from citizens speaking out in city council meetings, telling their elected officials that they're a joke, all the way to a teacher speaking out at a school board meeting, asking why teachers aren't getting a raise when the superintendent is, all the way up to burning the flag of the United States of America and the completely despicable human beings of the Westboro Baptist Church. Calling soldiers fags and saying that they're praying for them to be killed outside of dead soldiers' funerals. All of this is important when you're talking about the First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States of America. And it's important to us, those of us on the local level wanting to engage in our communities, wanting to better our situation, wanting to make our governments the best that they can be, because we oftentimes have to call our officials out. We have to have hard conversations with candidates. We have to be able to post and to talk with other citizens. And we have to be able to convey information. And if we didn't have the freedom that we have, that would be difficult. We could be jailed. We could be harassed. We could be threatened. Hell, we could be killed. So it's very important to us on the front lines of the fight to better government through our citizen involvement that we have this right. But where did it start? Okay, keep in mind that the founding fathers of the United States of America were just former British subjects. So they understood English history and they knew they no longer wanted to be subjects. So in setting up the experiment of America, the new world, the United States of America, they drew from what they knew in their experience and their history and they tried to expand upon that making it better. So the history of the Bill of Rights and the First Amendment comes from England. In 1215, the Magna Carta or the Great Charter was written. And it stated, all are subject to the law, even the king. And it guaranteed rights of individuals, the right to justice, and a fair trial. 
but most of the rights and provisions applied directly and only to free men or the nobility. And this was pretty much seen as the law of the land. It stood in opposition to the king's will and whims, and the government needed to obey its own rules, and it explained that justice needed to be equitable and accessible to all. It set in place a council that could check the power of the king. Now jump forward to when English subjects were coming to the New World. And when they arrived in the land that became the 13 colonies, they brought with them royal charters and established the colonies and set up rule of law. The Massachusetts Bay Company Charter, for example, stated that the colonists would have enjoy all liberties and immunities of free and natural subjects. Notice that word, subjects. They're still saying subjects at that point instead of citizens. Citizens are different than subjects. However, in 1606, the Virginia Charter, which was largely drafted by Sir Edward Coke, stated that the colonists would have the same liberties, franchises, and immunities as people born in England. The Massachusetts Body of Liberties contained similarities to Clause 29 of the Magna Carta when it was drafted. The Massachusetts General Court viewed Magna Carta as the chief embodiment of the English common law and the other colonies would follow that example. In 1638, Maryland sought to recognize the Magna Carta as part of the law of the Providence, but the request was denied by Charles I. In the later years of the 1600s, William Penn published the excellent privilege of liberty and property, being the birthright of the freeborn subjects of England, which contained the first copies of the Magna Carta printed on American soil. Penn's comments reflected Koch's belief that the Magna Carta was the fundamental law. Now, we need to jump ahead to when the Founding Fathers, the colonists at that point, started getting tired of being subjects and wanted to be their own free citizens. If we look at the First Amendment and its wording, it clearly has phrases that jump back to the Magna Carta. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. Now, the petition clause of the First Amendment reads, or petition the government for redress of grievances. Several key words include petition, redress, and grievances. All three of these words are found in Chapter 61 of the Magna Carta, which provides in part, so that if we, our judiciary, our bailiffs, or any of our officers shall in any circumstances fail in the performance of them towards any person or shall break through any of these articles of peace and security and the offense be notified to the four barons chosen out of the five and twenty before mentioned the said four barons shall repair to us or our judiciary if we are out of the realm and laying open the grievance shall petition to have it redressed without delay so during the summer of 1787 a group of politicians 
including James Madison and Alexander Hamilton, with the knowledge and the history of the Magna Carta and the what came before, gathered in Philadelphia to draft a new United States Constitution. Anti-Federalist, led by the first governor of Virginia, Patrick Henry, opposed the ratification of the Constitution. They felt the new Constitution gave the federal government too much power at the expense of the states. They further argued that the Constitution lacked protections for people's individual rights. The debate over whether to ratify the Constitution in several states hinged on the adoption of a Bill of Rights that would safeguard basic civil rights under the law. Fearing defeat, the pro-Constitution politicians called Federalists promised a concession and the Anti-Federalist won and so was born the Bill of Rights. James Madison drafted most of the Bill of Rights. Madison was a Virginia representative who would later become the fourth president of the United States of America. He created the Bill of Rights during the first United States Congress, which met from 1789 to 1791. The Bill of Rights, which was introduced in Congress in 1789 and adopted on December 15, 1791, includes the first ten amendments to the United States Constitution, of which the first, being the freedom of speech, is, in my opinion, the most important. Okay, so the First Amendment guarantees freedom of speech. Freedom of speech gives us Americans, and the Americans that first started it, the right to express ourselves and themselves without having to worry about the government interference, which was important to them and is important to me, and I'm sure is important to all of you, but sometimes I question how important it is to those that might still be asleep. It should be very important. It's the most basic component of the freedom of expression. The United States Supreme Court often has struggled to determine what types of speech is protected. Legally, material labeled as obscene has historically been excluded from the First Amendment protection, for example. But deciding what qualifies as obscene has been problematic. Also, speech provoking actions that would harm others true incitement and or threats or like yelling fire in a crowded theater has also not been protected but again determining what words have qualified as true incitement has often been difficult and has been decided on a case-by-case basis next we look at freedom of the press which is also in the first amendment this freedom is similar to the freedom of speech in that it allows people to express themselves through publications or through newspapers or through the radio or through podcasting similar to this there are certain limitations to the freedom of the press false or deflammatory statements called libel aren't protected under the first amendment but detailing information in fact and also giving information from a context where you are an expert or have an opinion-based piece specifically as it is toward our elected officials 
is covered under the First Amendment. We also have the freedom of religion. The First Amendment guarantees the freedom of religion. It prohibits the government from establishing a state religion and from favoring one over any other. While not explicitly stated, this amendment establishes the long-established separation of church and state, which I want to be very clear. The words separation of church and state do not appear in this or any other amendment or anywhere in the Constitution. Moving on, this freedom also gives us the right to assemble and the right to petition, which is very important to me as well. The First Amendment protects the freedom to peacefully assemble or gather together or associate within groups of people for social, economic, or political or religious purposes. It also protects the right to protest the government, which is what we talk about here when that's needed. The right to petition can mean signing a petition, filing a lawsuit against the government, standing out on a street corner, protesting at a council meeting, or various other acts. So how does this relate to me and you and us today? How does this relate to our fight to better our local government through citizen involvement? It relates in the way that we can talk and can convey ideas. It has Everything to do with the fact that I can get on here and can record what I say and send it out to you and talk about how ridiculous Sean Byram as mayor of Winchester can be or how Nora Powell, counselor for Muncie at large city council district needs to go because she's a very much a part of the 214 machine and is as dirty as Phil Nichols and Mike White and all the rest of them. How ridiculous Councilor Doug Marshall is as the president of the council who is led around by the hand by Nora Powell. It allows me to talk to you about how ridiculous eight of nine councilors are in the city of Muncie that are unable or scared or unwilling to give me their records because it might just show the corruption, which I will get to the bottom of. It allows me and the citizens of Gaston to talk about how horribly inept Tanya Hyatt was on the board before she left. It lets us convey information to each other and ideas and thoughts. And now here's the deal. You don't have to agree with what I'm saying. You don't have to think what I'm saying is right. You can think that I'm completely wrong and you can support any of the people that I speak out about, as well as you can speak out against some people and you can support people and I can think that you're wrong. But we both have to support each other's right to be able to do that. I don't, and I would think that you certainly don't, support somebody from Westboro Baptist Church standing and saying, I'm praying for more dead soldiers. I hope God kills more United States kids today. God hates fags. I don't agree with any of that horse shit. And I would hope and think that you don't either. But 
I'll stand up and defend their right to say that crap because the freedom of speech doesn't just protect speech that we like. It has to protect what's essentially hate speech as well because the second that we start censoring speech that we don't like, is the second that we start allowing people to censor speech that we do like. And now let me tell you what happens when we don't have the freedom of speech. When you don't have that freedom, you attend a city council meeting and you hear your elected officials who work for you saying something that you don't agree with or that you don't like. And so you stand up and you tell them about it. You tell them that they're ridiculous. You tell them that they're a joke or whatever, and they arrest you. Now, pause right here for one second. It's very clear when we talk about rights and we talk about what we have as Americans here in America, Indiana, Winchester or Muncie or Gaston or wherever we're at. Being born an American... The Constitution and your Bill of Rights lays out before you and everyone else your rights and your freedoms that were granted to you by birthright by God. Okay? So no man, no woman, no government can take that away. They were given to you By the very fact that you were born an American. Praise God, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. See what I did there? Without the First Amendment right, I couldn't have done that. And now, each and every state, and then each county in each state, and then each town or city or whatever breakdown of government that there is, why they can expand on your rights if they so choose they can give you more rights but they can't take away from your rights so you were given the right to freedom of speech by god because you were born an american in winchester indiana okay and so the city council members and the mayor one day wants to say they're not going to let you speak in a public room in a public building during a public meeting well I have to say absolute bullshit because they can't make a law they can't make an ordinance they can't make a resolution that binds your hand now do they have to listen to what you're saying absolutely not do they have to answer you no they sure don't If they don't answer you, vote their asses out at the next election and dog them until you do that. But they don't have to answer, they don't have to respond, but they can't stop you. Now, you can't stand up and yell fire. You can't stand up and be threatening and telling them that you're going to kill them. And I don't condone any of that. I'll tell you that Price versus the state of Indiana does say this, and I apologize, I'm going to use foul language for one second more than bullshit or whatever. 
Price versus the state of Indiana says that you can walk up and say F you to a cop. Now, I don't like that and I don't appreciate that and I wouldn't do that and I would suggest that you not do that. But your First Amendment right says that you can and then further in Indiana a court case has decided that you can do that and it's called Price versus the State of Indiana. So I mean I guess technically in a city council meeting you could stand up and shout obscenities. Now I never do that because that doesn't get you any further. It doesn't advance the ball and you're not making your point. But that's just an example of how you can be given a little bit extra room. They just can't take it away from you. That's why at a recent Muncie City Council meeting that I attended, when the council members started reading some kind of ordinance that they had voted on from back in 2008, talking about how citizens can only get up and talk about what the council wants them to get up and they can't get up and ask questions or they can't get up and talk about how bad they think the council members are. It's complete crap. And I'll tell you that it is a lawsuit waiting to happen because they cannot stop you from utilizing your First Amendment right and speaking to them on the record in a public meeting in a public setting with you being a citizen and them being the officials. They don't have to like what you say. They don't have to answer you. But they can't stop you. And I can say that because back on November 27th, 2017, I was arrested in a Winchester City Council meeting for standing up and speaking out telling my officials that they were a joke and that they were the ones that were out of order and I was slammed up against a wall, arrested, booked into the jail, fingerprinted, and had to pay bail money to get out. And it was an unlawful, unjust, unfair, bullshit arrest. It was a violation of my First Amendment right. And the city of Winchester paid the price for it. And so we're going to listen to just a little clip of that here in just a second, but I'm going to set it up. You're going to start hearing a couple of the council members talking, and actually you're going to hear one female counselor asking a question, and then you're going to hear members from the audience asking questions, and you're going to hear one female member of the audience yell. Now, that's not me yelling, and she certainly wasn't arrested, you're then going to hear me at some point say that was just a statement, which I said from my seat, I said in a calm, cool manner, and it wasn't disrupting anything. You're hearing the police officer and a couple of the male council members yelling crazy nonsense like, you can't disrupt, blah, 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 bullshit. But at some point, me and my crew decide to stand up and walk out of the meeting. At which point, I decide to tell them that they're out of order, they're a joke, and that they, as the council, are the ones that are out of order. At that time, you hear the police officer yell my name and tell me I'm under arrest. And that is a First Amendment rights violation. And when we come back, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. I'm going to talk about the importance of fighting that in court and why things like that has to happen. How much... Okay, 
would you pay so this is a counselor speaking life? possibly say we're not taking questions from the audience so please don't worry about it. Hey. We're, we're, there are some citizens yelling so, not me can't disrupt the, legal the location is a problem for some that of was us. the police I chief and then my wife i get that. that was just a statement that was me you can look oh. at me and expect me to raise my kids and my wife again right next and then to a that? counselor saying you're out of order I'm just saying $35 a year. Here's the counselor most, again. So we would ask. We're leaving. You are out of order. This whole place is out of order. This is a joke. At this point, I was out of the council room and no more quote unquote disturbance was happening. But yet. Yeah. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. There he's telling me I'm under arrest to which point I say, you've got to be kidding me. And members of my group, which included my wife, my brother-in-law, and my mother, start asking him if he's being serious and wasn't the meeting public and going back and forth. Keep in mind, my brother-in-law is an attorney and was trying to talk sense with this police officer who you can hear at this point is now slamming me into the wall and you actually hear me at one point telling him I'm not resisting. It's at that point that he's hurting me. That's what prompted me to say that. You cannot disrupt the legal system. I'm not. We're and at this point, you can hear that I'm trying to calm my group down and I'm trying to talk calmly so I can talk with the officer to find out just exactly what's going on. See, what I see in a lot of cases is people are in the right and the officials or the police are in the wrong and then the people get amped up and make a situation worse. If you notice, I dropped the tone of my voice. I started being apologetic because at that point I realized they had done effed up. Every second that that encounter lasted longer, I realized it was bad for them and good for freedom and good for me. And so I wasn't trying to resist. You know, you'll get people pulling away and saying, how dare you? This is a First Amendment rights violation. I just rode with it. Sometimes it's better to lose the battle and win the war. And that's what I have to get people to understand. You don't have to come out like a bull in a china shop, wrecking and breaking and carrying on and acting a fool. A lot of times, politics is a marathon, not a sprint. And you have to use your brain and work smarter, not harder. And that's what gets you a winning outcome when you're dealing with these people. It's chess not checkers. Sometimes I feel like when I was dealing with these people, I was playing chess and they were trying to play tic-tac-toe. I'm probably turning the yes. Indiana State Police. You're right. Okay. You're right. You're right. I'm telling them to leave. You're right. I'm telling them to leave. Nobody else would leave. Come on. Just leave him alone. Let him do what he's going to do. You didn't stop. Leave him alone and let him do what he's doing. Do you want me to call the Indiana State Police? No. I would like to be able to just speak with him without you guys do this. Stop. 
Stop. And so that whole ordeal resulted in a federal lawsuit against the city of Winchester, along with various officials and employees of the city, and I came out victorious in that matter because a First Amendment rights violation is a big deal. It's a federal civil rights violation. It's a major, major happening. And people downplay it. People were saying, well, I don't understand why you're going through this trouble or you're just money hungry. Let me tell you something. It didn't have a damn thing to do about the money. It had to do with what's right and what's wrong. Should a citizen be able to stand up in their council meeting and tell their elected officials, the people from their community, people that are just like them, that, hey, I think what you're doing right now is ridiculous? Yeah, that's something that people should be able to say. If the officials don't have the skin that it takes to listen to people, hold them accountable, and hold their feet to the fire when that's needed, then they don't need to be sitting their butts in those chairs. And if we don't stand up for the First Amendment or for all of our rights on the small matters, then we sure as hell aren't going to stand up on the big matters. And when you're talking about a federal civil rights violation, or you're talking about a violation of your or my rights as American citizens, there is no big or small case. It's all big. It's like being pregnant. You're either pregnant or you're not. You're not a little bit pregnant. It's not a small minor violation. It's either you have your rights and you're allowed to live freely and live in liberty like was intended or you're not. And as citizens, we need to know, are we free? Are we citizens? Or are we subjects? Because I believe they settled that debate a long time ago. And I'll tell you right now, I am nobody's subject. I am a citizen of the United States of America, born and raised in Muncie, Delaware County, Indiana, that currently lives in my hometown of Winchester Randolph County, Indiana, and I'm speaking to each and every one of you, and I'm asking for us to stand up in the communities wherever you live that's hearing my voice to do what's right by you, your family, your friends, and citizens that you don't know because as Americans, we have a duty to communicate with our officials and expect communication back, to expect transparency from our government, and to hold them accountable. It's not always a shit show. There's a lot of good things that these people do. And there are a lot of good people that get involved and do it for the right reasons. But it's also a good chance that you will run up against corruption, you will see dirty politicians and dirty people, 
and it's our duties to flush them out. And our greatest tool in that is our First Amendment right that our founding fathers said was given to you and I by God. Not by man. Not by somebody. Because if it was given by a man, then it can be taken away. And there ain't nobody that can take away my microphone, my thought, my speech. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. Man, this has been a hell of a show. I've had fun researching this topic. I've had fun talking about the past. But before we go, we do need to talk about consequences. We do need to talk about what happens if we don't stand up. And what happens if we just roll over and let them push us down and tell us how it's going to be. You know, there are countries on this planet where you cannot speak out against your government, where you cannot say how you feel or what you think. You cannot be involved in the political process. There are places on this earth today where I could be killed for making this very show. And that is what we always have to protect against. Because could it get that bad in America? I feel like it would be awfully damn hard. But yeah, it could. If we don't have citizens at the ready to stand up and say, Excuse me, not today. We feel like we'll continue being free, liberty-loving Americans. Because that's what it comes down to. You know... Russia existed. China exists. That does happen. Losing our First Amendment rights, losing our ability to have free speech and free press, and not having the ability to petition or to assemble is a really bad first step to tyranny. And... We need to understand, we have to protect all speech, all forms of expression, rap, rock, political speech, hate speech. If you don't like it, don't listen to it. If you don't like what's being said, say the opposite of it. If you don't like hearing a person speaking out for or against a candidate, then you speak out for or against the candidate the opposite way. Be peaceful about it. Use your common sense. Be intelligent. But don't be a whiny, crybaby brat. Though that hurt my feelings. I don't want to hear it no more. Well, as soon as you shut that person down, when you're no longer in power and someone else has their turn, at being able to dictate what's said, you won't like what you can't say any longer. You know, there was a teacher down in Florida just about the same time that my arrest was occurring for speaking out in the council meeting, and she was attending a school board 
meeting, which is similar to a city council meeting. They're elected officials, elected to represent the school system and the teachers and the parents and the students and do the best that's for the school corp. And this teacher, Deshari Hargrave, was a language arts teacher. And she stood up and asked the school board just why in the hell the superintendent of the school corporation would be receiving a large raise when the teachers hadn't had a raise in over a decade. And he quickly gaveled her down and then had the police step in and she was arrested for speaking up in a meeting. Do you realize how crazy that is? Let me explain this to you, folks. After my arrest in November of 2017, our mayor in Winchester actually tried to stop public concerns altogether in November of 2018. Now, thank God that myself and other citizens fought back against that and we actually got the council to fight back against it. And it took protest. I actually had to use my First Amendment right and go in in a form of protest with duct tape on my mouth with the words citizen not subject written on the duct tape. And it was a scene, but it said what needed to be said. There was a military veteran who's actually a producer for this show one half of the Vulgar Poets, I want to give you guys a shout out. Thanks for the material and thanks for helping with the production of this show and all the rest. But Niles Thornburg, a producer on this show, stood up at a meeting and started speaking. And they kept telling him that he couldn't speak. And they actually infringed upon his First Amendment rights because they escorted him out. I just sat through many meetings here and never said a word. However, in light of recent activities and the egregious implication that I, as an American citizen, do not have the right to stand up in a public meeting and speak my mind to my publicly elected servants, I can no longer hold my tongue. The statements in previous meetings by the city attorney and statements in Facebook posts from the mayor, neither of whom have outright stated that we cannot speak, but it implied as much and preyed upon people's lack of understanding of their constitutional rights. I can speak in the meeting. You can listen to me. You can ignore me. You can continue the meeting. But you can't speak in your term. It's not your term. There is no term. No, it isn't. You can speak in the meeting. So what do we have to do? And so what you have here, again, is a form of a protest. Generally, he would not have spoke the way that he did at the time that he did. Because you're going to get people who say, well, they were telling you that you could speak, you just couldn't speak at that time. But you have to look at everything in context. This was the second or third meeting after we were continually to be told that we couldn't speak at all during the public meetings, which is inaccurate and wrong. So, during the meeting, after the pledge, the call to order, the prayer, when business started to commence, he stood up and started to speak. Now, what pisses me off about this is, 
You can hear the council members continue to try to go back and forth with it. And they're right. There is an order to a meeting, and there's ways to do things. But when we're told as citizens that they're not going to let us speak, the time for protest was then. Because here's the situation. They kept saying, well, you can speak in your turn. But what they weren't acknowledging was the fact that it was the mayor that was saying he wasn't going to let anybody speak. So it was the counselors at that time showing ignorance on their part. And what really sets me off is the counselors kept saying, you're wrong, you're wrong. No, sir, you're wrong. You swore an oath to defend the Constitution and to do right by your constituents. But by your ignorance and by your lack of understanding and your unwillingness to communicate and the lack of transparency and by your lack of desire for the citizens to be able to hold you accountable, you're wrong. And so, no, what happened in that situation with that citizen standing up and speaking isn't normally what would happen. But thank God that the forefathers had the common sense and the foresight to include the First Amendment right to freedom of speech at the very top of the Bill of Rights of the Constitution of the United States of America. Thank God, hallelujah, praise Jesus. But in wrapping up with that last display there of their attempt to stifle the First Amendment, I want to say this. In that situation, that citizen, the producer of this show, whose rights were violated when they asked him to stop speaking and they escorted him out. He was not arrested, but they still violated his right to freedom of speech by stopping him from speaking and by escorting him out. But really, the only reason he wasn't arrested is because by this point, I think they had started to learn their lesson that that is a very costly mistake. But I can tell you, after that hubbub, and after me going in with duct tape on my mouth, and after all that was said and done, public concerns were back on the agenda at the next meeting. They didn't try to stop people from speaking, and citizens were permitted to speak from that point forward. We still are with no issue. And so that's what you have to be prepared to do to stand up for your right, the First Amendment right, and all your rights. You have to be willing to stand up for them and do what's right even when it's tough, even when it's scary. This stuff is worth fighting for. Don't let anybody ever tell you differently. Do I like the KKK? Do I like the hate that they spew? Absolutely not. They come to Winchester every now and then. They drive through the communities, dropping their rocks with their flyers in their sacks, too afraid to hand them to anybody, throwing them in yards at night, and they do a little march up on the town. I don't know what kind of nonsense that is, but it's bullshit, and I don't like it. But I will protect their right to say it. I'll also protest against their noise, the same I do against anyone who has bad or hate to say about the gay community, or the Westboro Baptist Church bullshit, or the people who stomp on flags. Nothing enrages me more than that, but they have a right to do it. 
Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter. Here's what matters. The First Amendment, the freedom of speech, and all of the rest of the rights that we were granted by God as American citizens. That's what matters on the national level, on the state level, and on the local level. And it's us citizens, me, you all listening to this, the ones that we spread this message to, our friends, our family, the folks that are willing to stand up and fight for what's right and fight to better government through citizen involvement. Perception. Perception Perception is reality. Reality. All right, folks. Well, that's just about going to do it for us this evening. I want to thank you for joining me on this 13th episode of Perception is Reality. Thank you very much for tuning in, for listening. Whether you're listening on your Apple or Google podcasts or one of the other many, many hosting sites, or if you're listening at the home station of perception.fireside.fm, I want to say thank you, and I want to ask for you to share it. However you listen to it, share it that way. Share it by word of mouth, share it in text message, and share it by social media. Please, let's get the word out. This has been the 13th episode that I'm calling Shall Make No Law, covering the First Amendment right that we as Americans have. I want to thank you all for listening. Please, if you have any questions, thoughts, or concerns, contact me here at the show by email, by phone. However, I always love talking to you. If you see me out in public, come up and talk with me. All of that's fantastic. I love you guys. I respect you. I appreciate you for being part of the solution. And I want to say, from all of us here at Perception is Reality, no matter when you're listening, thanks for listening. And until next time, God bless. We'll see you real soon. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com. Or get off your butt and call the show at 765 546 9796. Till next time, remember perception, perception is, is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.